Welcome to Convention Pulpit Teen Edition, brought to you through the ministry of Time of Discovery, a division of Interchurch Holiness Convention. Subscribe to this podcast or visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and for more information on this ministry at www.ihconvention.com. Jack Hooker is a man who has overcome many obstacles in his life, but through the power of the Holy Spirit and a determination to never ever quit, he is still being effectively used in the kingdom of God. In 2019, he preached in the Time of Discovery session a powerful message entitled, Walk in the Spirit. give any type of disclaimer before I preach, but I need to do that today because this is a different message than I normally preach. Uh, First of all, 95% of all the illustrations that I'm going to give you today are about me. I don't normally like to do that, but you'll find out as we develop this message why. Second of all, my assignment is to preach to young people. How many are 25 and under? Wave to me. Wave to me. You're 25 or under. Yeah, and you're not all down here either. There's a bunch of you in the bleachers. And we're so glad you're here. My assignment is to preach to you. So adults, you can, or older adults, you can listen in. You certainly can do that. I hope you don't leave. But I do want to talk specifically to the young people in this audience today. Let me read to you a few verses of scripture found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I want us to just bow our heads for a word of prayer and I want to specifically thank God for doing something special for me a few minutes ago. Uh, It actually took Dayton Convention staff to get me up here, okay? And uh, a young man by the name of Marcellus helped me to get up to this platform. But he did something greater than that. He prayed for me before, as he was helping me up. And I found out I had a brother in the Lord that I didn't even know. So thank you, Marcellus, for that beautiful prayer. Father, we thank you for your presence today. And we pray, O Lord, you would anoint your word and Holy Spirit speak to each of our hearts and we will praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul has admonished us to walk in the spirit. Now that word walk in the gospels and in the book of Acts is simply translated literally. In other words, Jesus walked from Jericho to Jerusalem, putting one foot in front of another. But you get over into Paul's writings, and it's a figurative word. For instance, this could be translated, let your steps be guided by the Spirit. 
Lead the life of the Spirit. Live your whole life in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Now, walking to me has been a lifetime challenge. In 1952, God gave me a gift. Now, to be honest with you, when I was your age, I didn't always look at it like that. I do today. God was so good to me to give me a gift. That gift is called cerebral palsy. That doesn't sound like a gift, does it? But it was and is to me. My uh, mother had a very traumatic labor. Today, they would have taken me immediately by cesarean section, but they waited a day for my mother to deliver. And in those traumatic hours, my brain was being starved of oxygen. And it was going to affect the rest of my life. I didn't realize it and my parents didn't until I got a little older and all of a sudden I couldn't walk like other people did and I was having some difficulty. I was misdiagnosed as just being unusual. I have a lot of friends that still diagnose me like that. But finally at the University of Miami, they said to my parents, your son has cerebral palsy. It's called diplegia. In other words, the motor sensory functions that were starved in my brain only affect my legs. They don't affect my arms. They don't affect my mental status, even though as I look around this room, there are several of my college classmates sitting here that would probably have a different story. They feel like there is some mental deficit in my life but the doctors say no. It simply affects how I walk. You and I were also born with something that affects the way God wants us to walk spiritually. I could describe it as a carnal handicap or a limp to the Christian. In other words, something that would prevent us from walking in the Spirit. You didn't put it there. You can thank your forefathers Adam and Eve for it, but you didn't put it there. But that, that selfish nature is there nevertheless. And will keep you from being what God wants you to be. Now, I have been a part of the Holiness Church since I was four years old. And I've never looked for an exit ramp. But I realize today that the reason I'm here and the reason you're here and the reason our churches are here and the Bible colleges are here and the mission organizations is this. We have one distinguishing mark. And that distinguishing mark is we believe that the blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary can forgive you of any and all sin. Do you believe that? No matter what you've done or who you are, you can be saved. 
but also Jesus suffered outside the gates of Jerusalem. He shed his royal rich blood that you could have a healing inside of the handicap of your soul. You could truly walk in the spirit. Now that healing is not a, it's not a, a, it's not a perfection in action. You'll never be that perfect. It's not a change in your personality or it's not dehumanizing. But Jesus said it's God's will for every believer. It's essential to please God. It is essential to walk in the spirit. To walk in the spirit means that I have to be willing to come to the place where I am submitted to his will. I'm willing to say it's not my will but thine be done. You see, what cerebral palsy did for me is this. When you walk, you don't even think about it. When you walked in here, you did not think about one step. I guarantee, just like breathing, you don't think about it. But I have to. Because when you put your foot down, your leg relaxes. And then your muscle fires and your other foot goes in front of that one and your muscle relaxes. I'm exactly the opposite. When I put my foot down, my body says, oh, no, 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 no. You're not walking today. And my body pulls back. One doctor told me recently, said, your tendons are like violin strings. They fight. When I put my next foot down, there's resistance. My body says, no, no. So I have to fight against that resistance. I remember when God showed me why I got angry. Do you know why? Do you, if you have a temper, not all of you do, but I did. You know why I got angry? Because I didn't get my own way. Oh man, I'm cool as a cucumber when you let me have my way. But when I didn't get my way, look out. But I want to testify to you young people as a teenager, I remember the night in my own bed when I told God I was tired of fighting. I was tired of fighting. That inward resistance, oh God, can you do something about that inward resistance? And God said, oh yes I can. And I wouldn't trade that one, that one word for anybody else's experience, and that was peace. The war's over. I'm quit fighting. It's your will, Lord. I want to do exactly what you want me to do. And in that moment, he infilled my heart with the blessed Holy Spirit that would sit on the throne of my heart. And my handicap was healed. Amen? Amen? But, but walking in the Spirit is not just that momentary experience. In fact, the founder of IHC said this, and, I, and it made an impact when I heard it years ago. He said, holiness is the experience of a moment, but it's the obsession of a lifetime. 
One of our other founders, L.D. Wilcox, wrote a beautiful book entitled Beyond the Gate that said the gate is that moment of time when the war is over, but the sidewalk and the walk through life is forever. You see, it's a continual walking. It's Christ making us more Christ-like. With the carnal handicap removed, we can have a deep relationship with Christ until our aim is less of me, Lord, less of me, and more of you. You see, if you would watch me walk, you might think I was ignoring you because I'm looking down. What are you looking down for? Obstacles, cracks, uneven pavement, holes, throw rugs. I want to tell you something. I am absolutely convinced that when we get to heaven in the house that I live in, there will be no throw rugs. Hallelujah. I have slipped on more of those. I think they ought to be outlawed. Yeah, it's the developing of a dynamic, the power of God beginning to work through you as a young person to walk as Jesus wants you to walk. It's the power to believe after you've fallen. Now, when I talk about fallen, I'm not talking about rebellion. I'm talking about I have done some really stupid things. Anybody else want to confess? I've done some really stupid things. And like Brother Sankey said this morning, I've had to get up and say, man, did I blow it. I'm sorry. I thought about writing a book And in one of those chapters would be this, my most embarrassing moments. The only problem is that would take up the whole book. (laughs) Could I tell you one of my recent ones? Is it okay just to talk to you, tell me one of my recent ones? I'm at a 4th of July parade in a little community outside of Cincinnati with my grandchildren. And we're watching all the stuff go by and we're waving the flag and my grandson's sitting up on, on lap and I'm in a little scooter. Well, here comes the end of the parade. You know it's the end of the parade. Here comes all the ambulances and here comes the policeman. So we're getting up. My family's getting their chairs. We're gonna try to get to the parking lot. And I don't know, I don't wanna blame my grandson because he's perfect, but somehow the, the speed control on my little buggy got turned way up. And when I pressed that go, I went. (laughs) And I mean, I went down right in the road of that parade, right in the middle of that parade, wow! And the next thing I know, I'm surrounded by the policemen that are in those cars, getting out of the car. There's her bulletproof vest. I can read. It says police. And they're And they're all around me. And I'm going, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, and, and I can hear the ambulance saying, uh, do, do we need EMS right there? Well, we're checking them out right now. You might want to come back. I said, no, 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 no. No EMS, no ambulance. They said, are you sure, sir? I said, I'm positive. What can we do for you? I said, get me up. <laughs> Just get me up. 
And about four of those big policemen picked me up and helped me over to the to my buggy. And they said, now, sir, are you sure? Are you sure? I said, I'm sure. I'm sure. But you know what? God wants to give you and you and you the power to get up. Don't stay down there. Get up. He gives us the power to obey. He doesn't give us grace because we obey. He gives us the grace to obey. Would you like to hear my most embarrassing moment? Would you like, oh, be quiet. These guys, oh yeah, yeah, tell us. Yeah, it's not about us, about you, okay. One of the dearest friends in my life, we pastored 25 miles from each other, preached last night. And Dr. Avery was appointed to be president of God's Bible School and College, my alma mater. And he, he gave me the very wonderful and humbling privilege to preach that first school revival after he was president. I'm pastoring in the state of Pennsylvania. I make my way to Harrisburg Airport. I'm, I'm thrilled. I don't even check my briefcase. No, 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 no. Those sermons are way too hot to check, and I sure don't want to lose them. I mean, there's some good stuff in that briefcase. And so I check my baggage. I, make, I get on the escalator, and I go all the way to the top, those two stories on that escalator. When I got to the top, right in front of TSA, right in front of the security, I didn't trip. I didn't stumble. My foot got caught in that escalator, and I went down on my face. I'm laying there, the briefcase to one side. I'm laying there, spread eagle, in the carpet. And somebody said, were you embarrassed? Oh, no. I was completely and totally humiliated. Because here comes security. Bless TSA's heart. Here they come. Oh, sir, sir, sir. They, they thought I had a stroke, a heart attack. Oh, 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 you know, and they're all around me. And I'm going, oh, oh, please. So I begin to crawl. I crawled over to the nearest banister and helped myself up. I didn't want them to help me up. No, 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 no. I shake off my sport coat and my pants. I find that briefcase. And all the, way, all the way through security, sir, are you sure? Now, sir, we can, you know, we can call, sir, I'm, I'm, I'm real sure, I'm real sure. Just, just that. So I begin to walk to my gate, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And he said, son, if you think those sermons in that briefcase are going to bring revival to that campus, you this week are going to fall flat on your face like you just did. Without me, you're toast. He didn't say that, but I'm, that's my translation. Now, I really question the Lord needing to go to those extreme circumstances to get my attention. A still small voice would have been very wonderful. But I got the message, I got the message. To walk in the spirit means he's gonna give us the power to pray. Easy to pray for my grandkids today. 
but harder to pray for my enemies. To pray in my weakness when words won't come out. But he prays. He gives us the power to be molded into the image of Christ. Did you get the context here? He said, walking in the spirit is walking in love. And young people, I want to apologize to you on behalf of the church I grew up in. You haven't always seen love and holiness together. Any older people want to say amen to that? We owe these young people better. Yes, we do. He said, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Do you know Jesus said, here's holiness. Love God with all your heart. And treat everybody else like you would want them to treat you. You want to see a revival? In our churches, just start treating each other like you would like to be treated. And God will honor that. What's that mean? It means to have deference. I celebrate your successes. I'm not jealous at, at you, you doing better than I am. I have diplomacy. I'm going to be a peacemaker. I found out, I found out going through school when, and I'll talk about it in a minute, when it wasn't always easy, when people made fun of you, it always takes two to fight. How about graciousness? We don't need to mock the world to make our point. We don't need to make fun of anybody. Do you know that derelict out there sleeping in a box tonight in Dayton or that young lady walking the streets is just as important to God as you are? I wish I had a dollar for every time in school somebody said, pigeon, pigeon, because I walk pigeon toed. Yeah. I know what it's like and some of you do. You're up against the backstop. You're picking up softball teams. And there's two of you left. And excuse me, ladies, but it, it's me and a girl. And the captain that has the next pick is taking entirely too long to decide whether he wants Jack or Jane. Yeah, I've been there. To walk in the Spirit means we're going to be gracious to each other. To walk in the Spirit means we're going to have compassion. What's the world hungry for? For you to show that you love them. To walk in the Spirit means we're going to build each other up, not tear each other down. Walking in the Spirit is focusing our lives now on others. A selfless life, continual faith, continual consecration, which brings continual cleansing in a very sinful world. But lastly, walking in the Spirit 
is the pressing for a prize. Walking in the Spirit is really marching into battle. No longer a battle with ourselves, hallelujah, but a battle with the enemy of our soul. No wonder we are admonished to walk and not be weary. We're admonished one epistle over in Ephesians to put on the whole armor of God. And I know being a soldier for Jesus can be exhausting. It can be frustrating and it can be discouraging. But young people, it's everyday Christianity. It's Christianity in shoe leather. And you have to come to the place where you're willing to be different. To march to a different cadence. To please a different commander. Now, if you'd have seen me marching down Orange Avenue in Fort Pierce, Florida in the band, playing, trying to play my clarinet, you might from the sidelines have said, what's the matter with that kid? He's out of step. How come he can't do what everybody else is doing? And I know, and you know, that when we stand for Jesus Christ and walk in the Spirit, not everybody's going to appreciate it because we march to a different cadence. When I was in high school, there were activities I couldn't go to. There were friends I couldn't have. There were things I couldn't do. But yet, let me tell you something. I remember the day in the last assembly of that high school, about 1,400, 1,500 kids, when they were giving out the awards in my senior year, the awards in that school, and they said the award, the school service award is given to Jack Hooker. Yeah. I couldn't do everything everybody else could do, but they said the school service award is given to him. Can I tell you a secret? My biggest challenge was, how am I going to get up that big long stairs up to that stage and get that award and get down again without falling? But it did. Walking in the Spirit means you're reminded there's a cause, there's a purpose for living, there's a reason to stand. And I know, I know kids, too many around us have forgotten that. And if you forget that this is a battle, you know what happens? Your faith becomes mechanical. You become defensive. Now there are a lot of songs that I like until I read them and then I find out that the words, I love the tune, but the words trip me up. This song's written by Philip Bliss, one of the greatest hymn writers that ever lived, and I don't know, I don't want to get after Mr. Bliss. I understand what he meant, but I just can't get this song. It goes like this, hold the fort for I am coming, Jesus, whisper still, send a message back to heaven by God's grace, I will. And I got a vivid imagination. And we Christians are inside the fort. We're the cavalry. And it's the Indians outside with flaming arrows and they're pounding at the door. Let us in, 
we're going to kill you, now let us in there. And they're battering the fort. And we're going, help! Somebody go get reinforcements. Help us, please, before we die. That's not walking in the spirit. That's not marching in the battle. You know what the Bible says? It's exactly the opposite. It said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not Satan trying to get inside. It's us trying to get in Satan's fort and trying to take people for Jesus. We can major on minors. We can become critical and focus on others. But could I remind you young people a few things this afternoon? We have the promise in this battle of effective weapons. We fight for a message. The message that the gospel of Jesus Christ still revolutionizes people today. We declare the word of God. It's the sword of the spirit. We walk in the spirit because we have the power of the spirit. And we have a general that we'll never lose. We'll never lose. Yeah. It was eighth or ninth grade, I guess. We had physical education and I had a phys ed teacher by the name of Coach Garrett. He was a rough guy. And he never cut me any slack. And I never asked him to. If everybody had to do push-ups, I had to do push-ups. Everybody had to do sit-ups, I had to do sit-ups. If everybody had to do jumping jacks, I had. The only thing coach let me out of was this rope that you had to climb about 15, 20 feet up. I just couldn't get my legs around the bottom of that rope. But every other exercise, coach said, Hooker, you can do it. And the last thing Coach Garrett would do before we uh, played softball or football or something, he'd say, run a lap. Now, Coach Garrett's lap was running around the four backstops in the playground of that school. Somebody estimated it was about a mile. Now, I can testify to you, I never came in first. I never came in 20th. Now, you can laugh if you want to, but do you remember that it was the turtle that won the race, not the rabbit? One of my favorite stories. <laughs> but sometimes we'd come around that last backstop, and I'd have a little bit of gas in the tank, and I decided I didn't want to be last. So I'd put it into hyper gear. Now, hyper gear is relative, you know, but for me it was hyper gear and I let it all out. I mean, I ran and got up in front of a few girls and a few guys and came up in there and I'm going, oh yeah, oh yeah. Until I heard these faithful words of Coach Garrett. Run another one. And I'm going... Coach, coach, did you see me back there? Coach, I was doing the old sprint. Man, coach, I was, I, I don't, there's nothing in this tank. Coach, I can't run another step. Let her run another one. But I never went to Coach Garrett and said, let me off. I determined I was going to run it if I was late for my next 
class. And I don't know, call it stubbornness if you want to, but there's been something in my heart, in my life, that hates the word can't. I hate the word can't. And so I've looked back on my life and I've thought, you know what? No wonder when I get up in that softball game, instead of worrying about the pitcher or who was on base, I'm thinking before I come up to bat, where can I hit that ball to give me the maximum amount of time to get to first base? And I learned to place it. When I played basketball, jump shots, no, I'd get blocked. But I learned to fade over to the corner along the baseline. And I practiced that, that three-pointer from the end baseline. And I could whoosh it. And every once in a while, they're not paying any attention to me. And they'd pass me the ball. And it'd go in. In the neighborhood Sandlot football game, I looked back and I thought, no wonder. I, maybe I, the reason I was quarterback was because a quarterback doesn't have to run much and I could just back up, you know, a couple of steps and if I could throw a good spiral. And every once in a while, every once in a while, I decide to do an end around and the only reason I'd score a touchdown is they were not expecting me at all. Yeah. And so somebody says in my Somebody says in my ministry, uh, preacher, you can't roof a parsonage. Oh, yes, I can. Preacher, you can't build a church. Oh, yes, I can. Preacher, you can't join the local fire department. Oh, yes, I can. Preacher, you can't be an EMT and an EMS chief. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. And lately... Lately, I've heard a few voices. I don't know where all they're coming from. But some voices that have said to me, hey, Jack, you paid your dues. You done your duty. And so, uh, why don't you just go fishing? And I don't know if it's the Lord Jesus. I don't know. Maybe it's just my imagination. But a while back, this is what came to my mind. That Jesus said, Jack, do you realize when, you, when I was on earth, preaching along in a boat in the Sea of Galilee, and preaching in the synagogue, and preaching in Galilee, and all those places, do you realize every time I preach, every time I preach, I sat down. And my congregation stood up. Aren't you glad we're not doing that today? And I just told the Lord, okay, Lord, I hear that, I hear Coach Garrett say, keep on running. Young people, here's the message today. If you'll walk in the spirit, you can make it. If you walk in the spirit, you can make a difference as a young person. As a young person, you don't have to be a whiner. You can be a winner. And God wants you to make it. 
I was preaching in a revival in the in, uh, state of Pennsylvania a number of years ago. The church had a uh, picnic. And uh, in that church picnic, a young couple sat down beside and we got to talk. And they said, have you noticed my daughter? I think she was in kindergarten. And I said, okay. And she said, she's got cerebral palsy. I said, really? And I began to notice a lot of memories came back as I watched her playing with the other kids with their feet turning out. And we began to discuss, I think, surgery she'd had and, and braces and those type of things. And the mother said, she's diaplegic. I said, really? I said, I'm diaplegic. How about that? Sunday morning of that revival, I was walking down the aisle and that young lady walked up to me and she looked up at me and said, Brother Hooker, she said, my mommy says, I'm just like you. And I said, honey, you are. And I want to tell you something. You can make it. You can overcome the handicap in your life. Fast forward to two summers ago. I'm preaching in a youth camp in Pennsylvania. It's the last night of youth camp. They're giving out all the awards, you know, the winning team, and now the camper of the week. And they call this lady's name, this young lady's name. And I watch her, and I watch her walk, and I watch her struggle to get up on the platform and I hear the cheers and the clapping of all the other young people and it's her it's that little girl she's grown up she's camper of the year all the other campers are cheering her on and I thought she's going to make it She's already making a difference for Jesus Christ in her life. Young people, I know in a crowd like this, some of you, your home life is less than ideal. Some of you have seen things that would make people deny that Jesus even exists. Some of you have physical handicaps, but some of you have emotional handicaps. Some of you have challenges in your life and you know what it is to not be exactly like someone else. Can I tell you, if you'll put your life in the hands of Jesus Christ and give him whatever that handicap is, he will not only make you a winner, but he'll make you more than a conqueror and you can make a difference in other people's lives. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit Teen Edition, brought to you through the Ministry of Time of Discovery, a division of Interchurch Holiness Convention. For more sermons or for more information, subscribe to this monthly podcast or visit www.ihconvention.com.
This ministry is made possible through the support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, 18931 Route 522, Beaver Springs, Pennsylvania, 17812.